three minutes before the kickoff as we get ready for the second half here. Argonauts taking on the Calgary Stampeders. It's 21 for the Stamps. Uh, the fans, when they came in today, were given replica Grey Cup rings. Next game is two weeks from today. It's a 5.30 kickoff against Edmonton, and they've got another really cool treat. There was, a, there was an internal uh, Argonauts uh, kickoff to their marketing campaign and their new logos. And they had it uh, over, uh, it was sort of a Argo staff only. They were very nice enough to uh, to invite me to go to this. And they started putting up some of the new logos. A lot of it is the old boat logo. I like the boat. Everybody loves the boat. A new pull-together theme, we're going back to that, and some of the old school stuff. And there were two ones that caught my eye. One is really cool. It's a, it's a shot of the CN Tower. It's got football laces across the tower. Really? Looks great. And then there's one that's going to get everybody's attention. It's a map of Canada. Like the full map, including oh, I know this in, one. including like the territories, the great big Canada, and it's got one word written across it, starting in uh, British Columbia, going all the way up to the Maritimes. It says Toronto, and you know the resentment from oh, the West yeah. is very real. It's got an Argo crest on the on the sleeve. Apparently, ten thousand are going to be given out in the next game. So I like it. If it. Here's I like my it, suggestion: you come to that game next week, you pick up this T-shirt, and then you go to Hamilton on Labor Day and you wear that T-shirt. Oh, I like that. Oh, that's, that's good. a great idea. Or you go to Montreal or you go to Ottawa and you wear that T-shirt and you will have a whole lot of people talking to you before the game. Okay, I'll make you a deal. Uh-huh. You get me that T-shirt uh-huh. and you get, that, you get yourself that T-shirt. Uh-huh. When we go to the Labor Day game, we wear those T-shirts. We wear those T-shirts. Deal. We wear them with pride. Absolutely. And we'll see how many of those Ticat fans notice. We'll get we'll get the we'll get the selfies done before the game. Is the big Toronto word on the chest or it's on, on the, the back? It's on the both? chest. It's it's the map. Perfect. Is right across the map of Canada, it just says Toronto. That's good. I've been doing a lot of bench. My chest is in good shape. That's so good. The whole word Toronto will expand. I'm 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 having the furniture problem at this stage. Where my chest is falling into my drawers, <laughs> so you know it's that's it's all right, that man. Kind of thing. That's all right. So that's that. That's where we are. That's two weeks from today. It's the other. Alberta I'm serious, team. man. I'll wear it. Okay, we'll you do know, that. We'll take we'll they, take the pictures. We'll do we'll take pictures on the field. Hamilton likes me because you're Burlington. I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm Burlington Aldershot. Yeah. So I'm kind of a Hamilton you're, boy. You're I've never heard. I've heard very little negativity, but that's okay. For one time of the year, I can wear that and take some okay. co- uh, colorful language. You hear that, Which, Tim Hortonsfield? <laughs> we're coming for you. That would be a lot of fun. It will. It will be. You may as well have fun with this stuff, and that's what we're trying to do. And that's I hope you had fun listening to us here uh, in the opening half. Probably more fun listening than watching with the, what we've seen from the Argonauts so far. Um, so that's where we are. Argonauts are going to get the ball to begin the half. They're going to have their backs to the lake. And the Argonauts uh, wearing the uniforms they wore in uh, Ottawa a year ago, the all blue, white numbers, everything else is blue, from helmets to socks. And the Stampeders wearing white tops, red pants. they got the black helmets on, red trim, red numbers. Cal- classic look for Calgary. Okay, Ricky Ray only 65 yards passing. Yeah. So his offense has not been productive at all. No. So here are the decisions you got to make. Are you going to spread it out and put your emphasis on your quarterback to make accurate throws and get that first touchdown? Or are you going to run what you planned on doing all week in preparation for this game? Personally, I think it's about time you put the emphasis on your quarterback. They did have that really good drive at the midpoint of the second quarter. Just reproduce that. Get your receivers out in space and rely on your quarterback. 
Here's the kickoff from Perez. It is not that deep to the 15-yard line, far numbers, and it's Marquise Jackson to the 20-25-30 into the pile and out to the 35-yard line. Ricky Ray, 10 of 13. That's not bad. He'll take that. High percentage, 77%. The 65 yards, not so much. The longest passing play in that opening half, 8 yards to Jimmy Ralph. That was it. Ralph, the top receiver. Three catches for 21 yards. James Wilder Jr., five for 28 on the ground. He also had two catches for 14 yards in the air. Long way from 1,000-1,000. So here we go. Ball on the 35-yard line over on the right hash mark as the Argos head from the lake to the Gardner. And they will go ground game, and it's Martise Jackson across the 40 to the 42-yard line. That will be good for about five or six. They'll mark him back at the 41. It'll be second down at four and a half. And when you compare James Wilder Jr. and to Marquise Jackson, the first thing you notice is the amount of time it takes for Jackson to accelerate through the hole is staggering little. And what that means is the offensive line does not have to maintain their blocks for an extra second. They may highlight that player as a running back more. Back to pass is Ray. Three man, lots of protection. He'll dump it down, check down to Ralph with a flag down to the 45 to the 48. It'll be good for a first down. There's a flag down to the 50 yard line, and that's usually going to be illegal contact or pass interference against the defense. And that's the early indication given by Dave Gadsa, the back judge today. He's from Burlington, I believe. Illegal contact, Calgary number 31, 10 yard penalty. First down. So it is the contact against, uh, who's that? That's Trey Robertson, who is the field corner for the Stampeders. Okay, victory number one for the Toronto Argonauts. They got the first, first down of the second half. They'll take the penalty yardage. It would have been a first down regardless. So they'll move it out to their own 51-yard line. Two receivers wide. They've got two receivers tight to the line of scrimmage, and they'll dump it to one of those guys in Declan Cross. The Oakville native will take it to midfield, and the ball came out. That might be Calgary ball. They stripped Cross on the way down, but had they blown forward progress dead? Correct. If they blown forward progress dead, that's Argonaut ball. Now, Declan, you got to hang on to the ball, man. You have great value to this team as a check down running back, but next time, understand, they go after the ball every time they see you because they know they have the opportunity based on that previous play. Brandon Smith didn't play for the biggest D1 school in the U.S., and he's played in the CFL for 11 years, but there's a guy who went to the same school who has more CFL experience than him on the field today. We'll get to that in a second. It was Smith that stripped the ball. Ray over the middle. He's got Timms to the 50. That's a yard shy of the first down, catching the ball from Ricky Ray, who, like Brandon Smith, went to Sacramento State. Really good job by Ray. He looked to the outside. 1,001, 1,002, froze his eyes. Secondary read came right back to the middle on the crosser to Tim's. That helped Tim's create the separation because initially the entire defense thought he was going to the outside receiver. Here comes the beef. Jamal Campbell, Dylan Wynn come out on the field. Devere Posey and James Franklin comes in at quarterback for short yardage. And S.J. Green will go forward. He lined up ooh, just off the line of scrimmage. He didn't get it. James Franklin did not get this unless he got a really favorable spot. Now we get some pushing and shoving in the middle. I do not think Schultze that he got this. Well, the pushing and shoving is the first indication of frustration from the Argonauts' perspective. 
because James Franklin, his leverage was not the best. He went a little bit too high on the quarterback sneak. The quarterback has to get down at the same level as the offensive line or the defender when they come over the top. They're going to be able to stop him with ease. Now we got more chirping going on. Some They're holding back. One of the Stampeders, Junior yeah. uh, Turner, is uh, really chirping at the Argos. I don't think he got it. He didn't. First down, Calgary at the 49-yard line. Well, I mean, Mike, that's the fundamental of football. Fundamental of football was not executed by the Toronto Argonauts. And the result, Calgary ball. It's 20-1 to Calgary, and it's really getting chippy now down on the field. And once again, it's Junior Turner. Who's he into it with? S.J. Green. S.J. just took off his helmet. And we'll take the timeout and see if cooler heads prevail. You're listening to Argo Football on TSN 1050. Hogan, Chris Schultz back with you here at BMO Field. It's 20 to 1 for the Stampeders of the Argos with 11.53 remaining in the third quarter. Uh, during the break, Mike and Johnson of the uh, Stampeders, the defensive tackle, and SJ Green continued to chirp. They came over to the near sideline, went behind, they both had their helmets off, and Johnson went toward the Argo bench behind the tarped off area where the players stand at the benches. And he took the helmet off, and you could tell he, he challenged SJ. He called him over to the bench and started running not running but really walking with some authority over to the argo bench two referees were there pulled him back schultz i'm amazed there was no flag yeah i was surprised there wasn't a flag either because you can't invade your opponent's bench area that's their area and even if you walk towards that area and you get close enough with threatening remarks you will be penalized well levi mitchell 17 of 19 for 241 Whoa. yards and a couple of touchdowns in the opening half his first touch here in the third quarter they run an end around, not an end around rather, but the, they were given to the back in Don Jackson who went way behind the line of scrimmage. A lot of misdirection, sort of a counterplay to the far side. He'll end up losing four yards. Great job by the defensive line. That was a stretch play from the middle of the football field to the left sideline. More than one Argonaut there. See, that's the intensity you want to see pursuing the football. That was an excellent defensive play by the defensive line. Dylan Wynn ended up with the tackle four yards behind the line of scrimmage at second and 14 from their own 45. Three receivers to the near side with the ball on the far hash mark. Calgary moving from left to right. Deep drop by Mitchell. He wants to all. He's going long into double coverage, and it is caught at the six-yard line. Remarkable catch by Eric Rogers. Third highlight reel catch of the day for the Stampeder receivers and the, the Argos think that the ball hit the ground but they've got nothing left. They've they already no used challenge. their challenge. They've used their challenge. Eric Rogers, two defenders of the Toronto Argonauts, one right on the hip, perfect coverage. Eric Rogers reaches up, battles for the football, two defenders in the area right there, the moment of truth between the defensive back and Eric Rogers. Eric Rogers won the football. Classic example of a 50-50 play going for the Calgary Stampeders. And he made the catch. Fumble. And the fall ball is fumbled from the gun. And Mitchell fell on it back at the 10-yard line. It's a loss of four. Great play by Mitchell because a younger quarterback would have tried to get up and make something out of nothing. What Mitchell did is he knew that the play was over, just stayed on the ground with the football. Sign of maturity to give up on the play. Well, Levi Mitchell, when he was at Eastern Washington, won the Walter Payton Award as the top player in D2 football. Other guys like won that, like Tony Romo won that, Brian Westbrook won that. Only one player has won it twice. I will tell you who after this play. Probably, unless it's a big play. 
Ball at the 10-yard line. It's second down and goal. Back to pass is Mitchell. Looking for it all. Going end zone. Has oh a man wide open in the back of the end zone. Eric Rogers with his second touchdown of the game. And the route is on. Boy, perfectly thrown football right into the hands of Eric Rogers. Bo Levi Mitchell had the five-step drop. Had a little bit of pressure from the outside. Took two steps forward. So he was able to step into the throw. And it was a velocity. Once again, the separation between the defensive back and the receivers this time was seven yards. And the other aspect of that play, they used the entire distance of the 20-yard end zone effectively. And not enough teams do that. Boy, this is turning into a route. I did not expect this. Expect this. Paredes is up. Paredes is good. It's 27 to one for the uh, well, you know, Calgary Stampeders. We'll take the timeout. We'll get Schultz's uh, comments, and I'll give you the answer to the trivia question when we come back. You're listening to Argo Football on TSN 1050. 908 remaining third quarter. Calgary putting a boost to the Argos. Yikes! 27 to one here in the third quarter. And Mike, it's all these little things. Uh, you know, the first thing that comes to mind is a center to holder exchange that did not happen. It was dropped. A missed field goal on an extremely makeable distance. An inability, especially in the first half, to stop the run, which is just fundamental football. But of all the things that have gone wrong, what has been the most shocking to me is the ability of the Calgary receivers to separate. Even in zone, you shouldn't be open that much. I understand that if you have a good quarterback and you have a receiver, he knows when to decelerate into the zone in between the two defenders. But at the same time, we have seen a couple of receivers that have been open by four, five, six yards. And in pro football, that's an eternity. That's forever. That should never have happened. Levi Noel and Marquise Jackson back at the 10-yard line. There's a kickoff. Paredes kicking it right at Martise, and the Martise Falcon will take it at the 11-yard line to the 20-25. Right up the numbers, 25-30, 40, 45, jumps over the kicker, and has finally knocked out of bounds. He hurdled Rene Paredes and knocked out of bounds close to midfield at the 52-yard line. Troy Stoudemire saved the touchdown. Now, nice return, and what that return does is it gives some energy to the Argonaut offense. Everything begins with first score, first points. The Argonauts have one point. Just get this touchdown on this drive reassessed from there. But their starting point at their own 47-yard line, great place to start a drive. 52, actually. Excuse me, 52. And that's where they'll put it in play from the right hash mark. Bunch formation to the near side. Back to pass is Ray. Here comes some pressure. He reads it. He's got a man downfield. He's looking for S.J. Green. Incomplete. I'll get rid of the trivia question now. The only guy to win the Walter Payton Award as a D2 Player of the Year twice, Armani Edwards, when he was a quarterback at Appalachian State. State. Yeah. And they knocked off Michigan the one year. One of the biggest upsets in NCAA history. Armani Edwards, one game as a quarterback, had over 300 yards rushing. 300, not 200. 300? He had like 320 yards rushing in a national semifinal game. He said, well, it's just there. <laughs> just, I just ran. <laughs> Second down and 10. Three receivers to the near side. Four-man rush. Ray over the middle. Has a man. It's caught across the 45. And they're going to rule it's incomplete. The aforementioned Armani Edwards could not bring it down. First time he's been targeted tonight. Tight coverage on the play by Adam Berger, who's played well tonight for the Stampeders, like everybody else. Well, when one thing goes wrong, it seems like everything goes wrong. 
Ray was under some pressure, stepped away, eluded the pressure, threw a very accurate ball. Edwards was covered on the play, so it was a difficult catch, but it's one of those catches he should have made. When Berger came over, he did the swim move to try to knock the ball out, and he hit Armani right on the elbow, flag down. No, what are they, are they resetting the clock? We'll find out here. You know, one thing that's always a great Ooh. evaluation is Good. adversity and how the Argonauts yep. respond in the rest of this game. I mean, we still got 8-12 to go in the third quarter, not the fourth quarter, and it's 27-1. Yeah. The, the Argos got away with one there. Jermaine Gabriel just ran on the – I don't know if he ran off the field and back on. They may have only had 11 guys on the field, and for whatever reason, the whistle blew. They've reset the, the 22nd block. That may have been it. That's a break. Pressure! Pepper gets it away. Good kick to the numbers. Flag down. It'll bounce at the five and roll into the end zone. And the returner slips again on that artificial surface in the end zone. There's a flag down, though. Let's see what it is before we take the timeout. From where that was thrown, I would assume that would be holding against Calgary or some sort of illegal block. As that uh, that came from the line judge. Line judge today is Mark Cobb from Burlington. I don't I don't know where Mark's <laughs> from. Dave Gadsa is. There's a couple officials in the CFL from Burlington. A lot of guys from the from the peninsula certainly. In the Hamilton area. No, for the Calgary Stampeders, they're going to start in their into the football field it looks like on their 18 no there's 17 yard line well they're marching it back marching it back this will be down around the it'll be inside 14, the 15 for 15, sure 15. while the ball was in flight holding calgary number 88 penalty glide from the 10 yard line it'll be first down so the penalty goes against kamar jordan from bowling green 77 catches last year okay defense oh, sorry Four, 77, four catches for 77 yards last week, 47 catches a year ago. We'll take the time out. You're listening to Argo Football on TSN 1050. Well, after the penalty, the ball way back at the five-yard line, and Bo Levi Mitchell, if he drops back, will have to contend with the slick surface in the end zone. May call for a run here on first down from the five. It's 27-1 for the Stampeders right now five-man line they will go to the ground game and Jackson's going to get the edge and more 10 15 20 he could score 35 40 out to midfield angle to the sideline for Jermaine Gabriel and he'll be caught from behind at the 35 yard line a run of 70 yards terrible terrible in the sense he wasn't even touched throughout the extent throughout the whole process of the run he took the ball from the right side of his offense slanted to the left side of his offense saw the seam exploded through the seam outran a couple defensive backs 60 70 yards later first down on toronto's 35 poor defense Derek dennis tackled a player at the point of attack on the replay got away got away with it what do you call inside power leverage arm stuff another ground game this time it's the backup terry williams who will take it for a big gain of 18 to 20. we're really going to mark it down to the 18 yard line 17 more. Calgary wow. Stampeders do not have one running back. They have two running backs, and they're both elusive, and they both accelerate 
through the hole. This has been a victory for Calgary's offensive line because a lot of these runs, the running back is getting to the linebacker area. In this case, outran the linebacker to gain significant yardage. Nice block there by the right guard, Brad Erdo, set of Simon Fraser. Back to pass. Mitchell is going to jump forward and throw the the ball to the five-yard line. It's caught. Gabriel's going to make the tackle on the receiver, Jordan. Kamara's got another catch, and it's another first down down to the five-yard line. This defense is unrecognizable right now. Well, I hate to say this, but I remember in college football when the first team would play against the second-level team during spring football, these were the type of plays that they but, had to develop confidence. But last year or last week, the defense played well enough for the Argos to win. They had a nice game. The front four was dominant, especially in the first half. Well, I don't think they've had a pressure today on no. Cole Levi Mitchell. Ground game again, and down to the one-yard line goes Don Jackson. And it'll be second down and goal from the one. Didn't they just have the ball on their own five? I blanked. I missed Did it. You blanked and no. you missed it? Yeah. That's quick. If you went out for a coffee and you came back, by the time you came back from your coffee, they now have the ball on the Argonaut too. Disappointing. When they move the pile, the market at the one-yard line, just under the right upright, as the Gallagher Stampeders go left to right, they brought in the backup quarterback, Nick Arbuckle, out of Georgia State. They empty out the backfield. Arbuckle goes off tackle, off guard, rather, to the right side. He's in the end zone. There are flags from where they were thrown on either side of the line of scrimmage. Somebody lined up in the neutral zone because I didn't see any movement. And Offside, defense. A penalty is declined. Defense. Touchdown. <laughs> Just everybody. So the touchdown to Arbuckle, and it's 33 to 1. Well, simplicity of the play. You know there was going to be a quarterback sneak on that play because that's why they bring in the second level quarterback because if he takes a shot and ends up getting injured, no big deal. You got another quarterback. And even though they knew that that was coming, they couldn't stop the play. But we could, we could say the same thing that, that, that the Argos didn't stop the play when Calgary stopped the play two series ago on a quarterback sneak when everybody knew it was coming. Right. It's just execution, right? It's big-time execution. There's nothing really deceptive that's going on right now. It's the receivers beating the defensive backs, the offensive line blocking the defensive line, and the running backs just running towards light, whatever they see in terms of vision once they get the ball. Perez converts it. 34 to one. Yikes, we'll take the timeout, come back with the final four and a half minutes, almost five minutes of the third quarter. See if the Argo offense can show some life when we come back. It's Argo football on TSN 1050. Schultz back with you. Argos is about to get the ball once again down big, 34-1. Just got a message on Twitter. I'm going to miss hanging in the booth with you. Mike Hogan was very pleased to hear Chris Schultz would be stepping up. Toronto Argonauts have some work to do tonight. Hashtag, it's weird being in the stands from somebody named Jeff Johnson. I know that guy. I responded, I'm sorry, you are. Hashtag, how soon they forget. Hashtag, next man up. Hashtag, bring me a beer. <laughs> Great Argonaut player, oh, Jeff Johnson. I, I don't know anybody who's met Jeff that doesn't absolutely like him. adore him. Yes. Like, he's just that guy. Always positive, positive about everything in his life. Yep. I, I don't know. There are equally great dads. I don't know anybody better. Like, he's just that guy. He was, a, he was a hard, incredibly hard worker, always well-prepared athlete. Still athletic as crazy, but he and the family, uh, he got a job opportunity down uh, east with his company. He's going to jump at it. 
So he and Kelly and their 412 kids are going to move down to Halifax. And wish him nothing but the best. Fantastic work with the JJ. Here's Martise Jackson. He's going to try and turn the corner. He gets 20, 25, 30. Will be brought down from behind at the 31-yard line. Long way to run for him to get out to the 31-yard line. And we'll see what Ricky Ray and company can do to try and get a little bit of life into this offense. Well, I'll tell you, that return by Martise Jackson, the pursuit by Calgary, they had three players. He took the ball from the right side of the football field all the way to the left. Martinez is a fast young man. Yeah. There were three Calgary Stampeders in pursuit. Point being, the special team's coverage was absolutely outstanding to run down a player of the speed of Martinez Jackson. There was a practice indoors last year. They were getting ready for the East Final. And it's a soccer facility where there's a second level where you can stand about one story up and, and, and watch the play. I'll get into that in a couple of seconds to explain how fast he is. Ball to 31 yard line. They go play action. Ricky Ray scrambling. He's hit from behind. And get up, Ricky. Uh-oh. Yeah, that could be a heck of a hit. Uh-oh. Because he dove forward, and now they're calling for yeah, the they trainers. Had, oh, Ray no. went to his right. He had a defender behind oh. him. He had a defender in front of him. As the defender behind him wrapped his arms around Ray, Ray's head went down and hit the thigh of the defender in front of him. So he had weight behind him. Momentum into the defender and hitting the head of the second defender. And his neck turned sideways. That's correct. It wasn't a head-on hit, but the neck. Oh, right there. And it was. Now, the saving grace, Mike, the saving grace, it was at the top of his head. Yeah. Usually concussions happen in football from the side, from the ear hole area or at the back. And that's the way the helmets are designed to take most of the the, 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 impact at the front. Because the offense and defensive linemen do so much headbutting. So I'm sure he saw stars, and I'm Boy. sure he's out for the rest of the well, game. He's, he's, yeah, and why not get out if it's even? Like, yeah, it's, what's the point? I mean, it's, it's 34 to 1 with 405 in the third. Get him out of there. And now, the negative is he's not moving yet. Well, he's he, he rolled over. He's he? moving his feet, and he's he's laying on his back and still moving. He's got the feet like sort of the knee is up. Oh boy! But you know what this is? It's a perfect example that in the sport of football. Things happen that you can't avoid injuries. Yeah. You just can't avoid them because that play was so fast and it was so spontaneous. And I know that, you know, Commissioner Randy Ambrosi is trying to extend the season, the extra bye weeks. No. You're not allowed to use pads. Yeah. And I understand that 100%, but the, the majority of injuries that happen are on scenarios like that. I mean, your quarterback yeah. is sprinting to the right. He's tackled from behind. The defender in front of him, so he, you have two momentums. Yeah. You have the momentum from behind, the defender in front. You know, for lack in your of own a, momentum. Yeah, in your own momentum, for lack of a better description, he got sandwiched. They called two doctors out onto the field. Ricky is moving his legs, and well, they're, they're bringing out the, uh, the car. got a really good replay here. The blow. The is, blows to the to the, the Calgary defender. Law yes, came in and drilled him. Cordell Law actually in his arm. He's got a stinger, it looks He's like. He's got either a stinger or he took a shot in the elbow because the hit was so vicious. Jaguar Davis was behind Ricky Ray, wrapped him up, was bringing him down, and then all of a sudden coming across the top was Cardero Law, and it was a it was a hard hit on him. But the hit by the arm of Law, there was nothing dirty on the play, yeah. was to the center of the forehead of Ray just to the right. Now on the positive Not a dirty shot at all. Now, the positive side is that's the strongest part of the helmet. Yeah. 
So I'm sure what happened is, you know, when you see stars or you see something dramatic, of course you're going to say, okay, that's it. I've had enough. And I'm positive that's what's happening to Ray. What I don't like, I know he moved a little bit, is that he is motionless. Yeah. And then the other issue is the neck. The, well, neck, the neck in football, you were, it was not meant for this sport. Yeah. It was not meant for this sport. Both quarterbacks are playing soft toss on the sideline. It looks like McLeod Bethel-Thompson is a little bit more active than James Franklin, although both are playing. It's, it's, it's Bethel-Thompson who's taking the drops, and I would be stunned if he's not going to come in. They still haven't really decided who QB2 is for the Argonauts. It's been that close in camp, but it looks like uh, today it's going to be McLeod Bethel-Thompson. Same alma mater as Ricky Ray, Sacramento State. And, Ricky, they're putting him on the board. I would assume this is precautionary. Oh, unbelievably precautionary. Yeah. Unbelievably precautionary. You know, you see a neck go like that, and it's like, Rick, you're out of the game anyways. Just chill. We're going to look after you. We're going to do the right thing. Just lay there. They'll take him off. They don't want to have him jump up and jerk it around. Or you've seen guys who are so happy that the quarterback gets up to go and pat him on the back. Uh, They don't want any of that. And, uh you know, Scott Shannon's seen a lot of these uh, over his years as a, as a trainer here, trainer with the Toronto Blue Jays as well. Um, he knows what he's doing. They've got both doctors out there as well. Mark Tressman got out there in a hurry, the former quarterback at the University of Minnesota, before becoming sort of the, the quarterback guru south of the border, a term, by the way, he hates. Well, you know what also happens often is when the medical staff comes on the field to make sure the player is okay, they will ask the referee. What did you see? Yeah. Because yeah. the more information that they have as to where the blow was and the intensity of the blow, the diagnosis that they can make as accurately and as quickly as possible. Now, do they overreact on these injuries? No, they don't. Because yeah. when it comes to head and neck, those are life debilitating possibilities. But, but let's let's look at the way that this has, has progressed over the years. 1991 breakup. You're playing in Winnipeg. Oh you're, my God. Do you remember the second half? Yeah. I not not a whole lot. Because you were you were out, were you not, in the first half? 1991 Grey Cup. Yeah. I uh, cut Will Johnson. I got hit in the left side of my head. When I watched film two days later, my head popped like it looked like the film had jumped. Like it was wow. an incredibly legitimate wow. concussion. Uh, I was out, got to the sidelines, uh, spent the second, the half of the second quarter on the sidelines getting it together. The doctor at the time said, I have to remember three words. Uh-huh. Uh, I think one was, where are we playing? One was the color of my uniform. And one was, what was the score? So they settled me down at halftime. The doctor came up to me and says, do you remember the words? Uh, where are you playing? I said, Toronto. He said, what, what is the color of your uniform? Oh, no. oh it's green. You oh, play no. on turf. And they said, what's the score? Score of what? And I went in and played the second half. Now, I'm not criticizing the doctors no, at all. At like, that era, get, in that era. In that era, Mike. At a championship it, game. It I'm not ju- saying it's right, but no. I'm saying in that era, that's the way it was. No, if that happened in this era, I'm done. Yeah. Chris, I'm out. And back then, Chris, you got your bell wrong. Yeah, this that's basically, it. It was, that's all it was. If you're just tuning in, Ricky Ray sustained a head injury or a neck injury. We're not going to guess here. Uh, but they have been very, very precautionary. They're going to strap him to the board and put him on the, the cart and take him to the locker room. 34-1 Calgary. Four minutes remaining here in quarter number three. Mike Hogan along with Chris Schultz. Um, I, you know, it's it's you're trying to think of what's the worst thing could happen to the Argos tonight, and that just That's happened. Pretty well, it. That's it. I mean, yeah. you look at the scoreboard. Well, what else can happen? Well, we just saw it. 
Ricky Ray is the leader on this team. He's not a vocal guy. He picks his spots. Um, you know, people see the media side of Ricky Ray, and he's very guarded in what he says, doesn't let much of the personality out. Ricky Ray's a guy who will sit in the back of the room and come up with a one-liner and make everybody else laugh around him and somebody else get blamed for the joke. Uh, he's, he's got a good sense of humor, exceptionally nice man, beloved by his teammates and coaching staff, uh, truly one of the, the best dudes that's come through Toronto. And to come up with that talent as well, they're not going to slide the board uh, under Ricky and, and put him on the cart. Uh, it's It's been a while, but they're being that careful with the neck injury or head injury. And, you know, we can only sit up here and hope for the best. Um, you know, they've got the bye week, and it probably couldn't come at a better time for Rick. He's, uh, he's just a solid dude at every level, and we know what a great player he is. And the respect that Calgary Stampeders are showing, I would estimate three-quarters of their football team is off the bench. I would say yeah. there's about ten of them on one knee. Concerned concern for Ricky Ray. But giving him distance. And there's a whole bunch just sitting there with their arms folded looking yeah. at the Toronto Argonaut quarterback. And it's a funny thing about football, Mike. You know, you compete against these guys and you physically attack one another. But you do have a lot of respect for your opponent. And you can tell Calgary has a ton of respect for Ricky Ray. The same with the Argonaut players. I mean, the suppression and emotion right now is pretty pretty intense but calgary they respect ricky ray and you can just there must be 25 football players on the field alex singleton is maybe about what would you estimate 20 yards away yeah frozen both Bo levi's out there arms Bo crossed he's, out there, he's the arms closest crossed, guy to right at him man right at him and you know the respect Bo yes. levi mitchell has for ricky and vice versa yeah uh, i don't think there's a player in the in the canadian football league doesn't have anything but the utmost respect for him as a, as a player and a person you know, why not? The most great cups as a starter in CFL history, he's got four, nobody else does. 60,000-plus yards, 324 touchdowns as a quarterback in the regular season. That doesn't include the playoffs, and, you know, we know what he's been like in Edmonton and, and with two great cups in his possession here in Toronto. Um, and just, again, when I think Ricky Ray, I think person before player. It's the, the position that I'm in and now you're in, as, as the color boys, you're going to get to know these guys a lot better. Uh, I just, uh, Ricky's just a great guy. You, you, Chris Van Zyl is the close-up of him on TSN right now. He's taking a knee, and he's got the, you know, he's kind of in the thinker pose where he's got the kind of his eyes resting on his hand. It's uh, He's been here with Ricky now. Uh, I, I'm trying to think who else is. Ricky and, and Matt Black and uh, Chris Van Zyl, I think, are the three guys that won both the 2012 and 2017 great cups they've they've got a lot of water under the bridge and you know van zyle in the in the meeting rooms with them and just it's it's tough it's it's really tough when you lose a guy like that you know i don't want to be an alarmist but it was a heck of a shot yeah like the moment yeah. you and i were describing the play we both kind of simultaneously oohed and awe and yeah. cringed and looked yeah. at one another with uh oh but like we didn't we didn't even have the angle where we saw the head move like it did like, that was just at live speed. Yep. I just saw the collision coming, and when he dove forward, the last thing you want to see a quarterback who's vulnerable do is dive forward, and that's what happened into oncoming traffic with a guy behind him. There was a solid hit on top of him as well. And Well, to give, to give our listeners a comparison, and again, again I'm not trying to yeah, be absolutely. negative in what I'm trying to say. It was like Ray was the car in the middle and a car hit him from behind yeah, and hit him into another car that was coming towards yeah. him. So 
the for there had there were two forces here. Yeah. There was the force in front of him. There was the force behind him. Yeah. And there That's was their own, body, own yeah. body weight. So, I mean, obviously they're precautionary. They've got about eight people, I estimate, out yeah. there around him. They've just lifted him up onto the stretcher, and both teams and you can hear the the crowd in the background standing ovation uh you know how often do you see a guy get put on a cart and it's usually a round of polite applause uh the fans here be more on the feet and he'll go directly to the hospital they'll cut his pads off they'll move him as little as possible and then they'll give it to the professionals do the mri and make sure everything's there mark trustman out going over and bending over and saying something to ricky And it's tough to see a quarterback that, you know, as an offensive lineman, as an offensive player, get hit and hurt yeah. like that. It is an emotional letdown. Jim Pops out there with his hands yeah. resting behind his back. Mark Tressman was out there. There's a great amount of concern. Yeah. James Wilder's been out there for the entire time. Scott Shannon was actually just on his cell phone. I don't know if he phoned ahead of the hospital or. Oh, I'm positive. They, they know he's coming. Make sure that oh, the. Yeah. There'd be, a, there'd be an ambulance around here somewhere. Well, I'm pretty sure by law they have to have yeah. an ambulance around here. Yeah, so he'll be taken to uh, one of the spectacular hospitals we have here in Toronto. And spectacular is right. Yeah, we're, uh, we're pretty lucky. We are. The only concern I have is he hasn't moved a whole heck of a lot, Mike. That, that may, might also be doctors down Telling there him saying not to move. don't move unless yeah, you have to. Yeah. Just don't do it. But his arms are folded. Yeah. And you see, what they do is they tape him to the gurney, so he won't move. Oh, absolutely! And they, do, you know, when he gets into the into the ambulance as well, the last thing they want him to do is bumping around in there. So they are taking every possible precaution. Now, I've seen this happen on more than one occasion where they do this very intense precautionary uh, procedure, and the guy's fine. Yeah. And, you know, I'm, I'm hopeful that's the case with Ricky Ray. That he's uh, going to take this week to get better. And we'll be ready to go when they start in preparation for Edmonton in a couple of weeks. Well, initially I was concerned about the headshot, the yeah. blow to the head. But now I'm thinking what happened to his neck. That's the concern I have yes. more than the, you know. Because I, it, w- it, it looked like a compression from the yeah. head down. Yep. So if you're just tuning in, Ricky Ray injured uh, probably about 15 minutes ago now. It has been a lengthy delay here at BMO Field. Calgary uh, absolutely all over the Argos tonight. It's 34-1. to It was 10-0 after the first quarter, 20-1 to at halftime. And it's been a 14 unanswered for Calgary here in the third quarter. So that's where we stand now with 4.05. McLeod Bethel-Thompson had been warming up. Both guys had been throwing, but it was McLeod Bethel-Thompson who was doing the actual mechanics of dropping back and getting rid of the football. But now I look out and James Franklin's on the field. So mm-hmm. that's interesting. They were they were soft tossing to one another. But it looked like Bethel Thompson was uh, getting into a little bit more. I don't know, maybe they just wanted Franklin had been a little bit more warmed up, I guess, is a way to describe it because he's Possibly been doing short so. yardage, right? Yep. So the Argos will face a second down and 12 after the two-yard loss. Here comes Coach Tressman off the yep. football field. Mark's running off the field. Jim Pop, Jim Pop right behind him. So they receive some sort of news. Yeah. And It's really, it's, you know, you shouldn't have much conjecture or, or speculate on situations like this. 
I'm going to get a uh, try and get a statement from the Argos as, as soon as possible. That's a rough sight. They have the shot of Ricky on t- TV right now, strapped down to the gurney, going off in the golf cart. That's a yeah, rough sight. That is. Stand, another standing ovation. And they're also driving very Ray. slow, Mike, which is yeah. normal, I understand, but it's kind of creepy. His, uh, eye, his eyes are open. Kate, Petter- Kate Pedersen working for Argonauts.ca. Not doing the sidelines for us this year, but she's uh, just texting me now, and she's going to try and get an update for us from the sidelines. We'll just uh, text up to me, and she'll talk to somebody. I um, hate to see this. Yeah. Well, it's a big part of the game. It, it's these moments of oh, off-balance movement that players are at the greatest risk for injury. It's not when you know it's coming. It's when you don't know it's coming. And for Ricky Ray, he got hit from behind. He had a force coming towards him, and he was the part in the middle. And it looked rough. You know, we're not going to color coat this on a on a light blue color. This was yeah. pretty intense. And yet another standing ovation as he exits to the northwest side of BMO Field. That's uh, one of the main ramps for the trucks and everything that comes in for service. And our Ricky chant goes up. Very nice. Yeah. Back to football. Well, tough to fire it up and go after that, but that's what they're paid to do. So on the field, it's a second down and 12 for the Argonauts with James Franklin in a quarterback. And he'll dump it out on first down, and uh, it is a complete pass to the far sidelines. And that's going to be Brian Timms who brings it in. And uh, that will be the second completion for James Franklin, who in short yardage threw a touchdown pass last week to Declan Cross. Well, good initial play by James Franklin, throwing to the deep out. The ball had good velocity, had good accuracy, 10-yard gain, nice confidence builder. Acquired in the offseason. Before he signed the contract, he was an impending free agent, but the Argos were able to get the contract done before he hit free agency. And the Argonauts are going to run the ball with James Wilder Jr., who will get about three yards. It's funny, whenever you see James Water Jr. go into a pile and then the officials mark the ball, it's usually about two yards further downfield. The guy that was the best guy that I can remember the the Argonauts having that was just had this, the knack of getting three or four extra yards going into a pile was a guy named Michael Jenkins back around two thousand. And Michael Jenkins had the low pad level and he'd go into the pile and you'd go, Okay, they're gonna pull it out at the thirty five yard line and then mark the ball would be at the thirty nine. It was phenomenal how many extra yards he got that way. Franklin will go to the air again. He's got Armani Edwards close to the first down. In fact, he's going to move the sticks out to the 52-yard line. Looks like it's a first down, and it is a first down as the Argonauts continue to move the football here with James Franklin, who in 2017 – sorry, sorry. go ahead, Schultz. Similar pass is the first one, Michael. The out pattern, this time right on the hands of the receiver. Second good pass by James Franklin. Three receivers will go up top. Tims, his brother-in-law, Green, and Jimmy Ralph. Back to pass. Franklin wants to go long down the seam. He's looking for Green, and it is knocked away at the last second. Double coverage as sliding over to knock that one away was Trey Robertson. Set up second down and 10. Franklin played against the Argos on the final game of the regular season two years ago. It was a game in Edmonton, and Franklin went nuts. 19 of 24 for 334 yards and four first-half touchdown passes as the, Stamp- or the uh, Eskimos at the time beat the Argonauts. 
And that was kind of the first time we got a look at James Franklin. Second and ten from their own 51. Three receivers to the near side. Franklin's going to look this way. Gets rid of the football. Has S.J. Green this time. And S.J. Green dropped the football. He sure did. Call Ripley's, believe it or not. And the odds would be not. And Schultz, I'm wondering how much of that is he's affected by the Ricky Ray injury. Because that, well, that never happens. Definitely possibly so because there was a break in his concentration. Three pretty good passes by Franklin. The the third one of the four passes could have been intercepted, but he's definitely getting some experience. There's Peffer's kick. It's high. It's to the 10-yard line, and it's uh, to the hash marks. And it is going to be oh, a big no. return up the middle again. Here goes Terry Williams to midfield. He's got one man to beat. It's Ronnie Peffer. Goodbye. No flags down. That's going to be a touchdown. This has been complete domination in every aspect of the football game. Total domination. Well, week two of the Canadian Football League, one team has dominated the other team. We saw it last night as Winnipeg destroyed Montreal. We saw it again as Edmonton ended up beating a very good Edmonton Eskimo team. And we saw it on Thursday night with Ottawa. Pretty good dominant game over Saskatchewan. This is the fourth one. Really disappointing for the Argonauts because a lot of special teams play is effort and it's desire. Can you make an excuse about the Ray injury? Sure. Not at professional yeah. football level. No, but you know what I mean, though. Like It's, it, oh, it's easy to say that. And, you know... At the same time, you just had a 15-minute delay of watching your franchise lay on the ground with a head or neck injury. Agreed. Extra but, point is but good. Then the other team had that break as well. Yeah. You know, it, it really, it's, it's you know, I hate to say this, I hate to be overtly critical, but they look exactly like what the Montreal Alouettes did yeah. last night. And that's But this, this team is heavy, exponentially heavy. better than the yes, Montreal Alouettes. I mean, obviously so, but... For whatever reason, I mean, Calgary brought their A game, and uh, Toronto Argonauts brought a game full of hesitation and inability to execute with consistency. Okay, here's the latest from Kate Pedersen down on the sideline. Kate uh, from Argonauts.ca. You can, we'll do a couple of hits on Argonauts.ca. Uh, we call it Cover 2, where we'll just take a look at the game that happened and the game ahead. Uh, Kate is saying that he is being seen by a doctor in the tunnel right now to decide whether or not he needs to go to the hospital. So, you know, whether or not this is just a being overly precautious, the doctor will take a look at him when they get him off the field and be able to do uh, an initial assessment. And they do have to be overly precautious. Oh, no question. Yeah, but the problem with being overly precautious, you know, from our perspective, it looks worse than possibly it is. Because anytime you see the visual of a football player down and you have three, four, five, six, seven people hovering over that football player you can't help but think of a worst case scenario so we'll see what happens now and it's going to be Marquise jackson dropping the football at the 15 yard line gets a huge block from dylan Wynn, but couldn't turn the corner dylan Wynn just unloaded some of his frustration and now we've got an injured argo at the 20 yard line pounding his fist and his head on the field as he's frustrated he knows he's hurt and i want to make sure we get the right number and he's holding a hamstring. Hamstring? Yeah. I think I know who it is, but I'm not going to say. Not on an injured player, correct? No, until, I, uh, until I'm 100% sure. Oh, boy. Well, this has been a rough third this quarter. This has been just 
Yeah, on a lot of different levels. 21 nothing is the score in the third quarter for Calgary. Ricky Ray with an, uh, an, a, it, it's an injury. We don't know the severity of it, but it doesn't look good. And it was, it was Nakas on Yaka. I was sure it was him. I couldn't see if it was the one or the four, and I was looking for Alex Charette on the sideline. Both are on special teams. I saw the one for sure. And then I saw the shoes. Uh, Nakas has a pretty nifty blue shoes on with uh, Toronto Proud written on them, the skyline of Toronto as well. He, he put that up on his uh, Twitter account tonight. But he's walking off, and you could tell he knew that he had injured his leg. What's this thing, Twitter, that everybody's talking about, Mike? <laughs> I'll tell you one thing, man. I, we made the announcement yesterday that you were coming on. The Argos did it, and I retweeted it. Got, I think got, I think got 40,000 views. Well, one of these get one of these days someone's going to call their son Twitter. <laughs> or just tweet for sure. Tweet. Made that tweet. Here's James Wilder Jr. trying to get him some confidence for the upcoming Edmonton game. Well, you it's know, it's not going to get easier because they've got Edmonton home and home to the next couple of days after a bye week. Well, there's two thought processes here. I mean, you're down 41 to one, so run your offense, give your quarterback some reps at yeah. running the offense. Not running a six-pack and avoiding the rush, yeah. running the actual offense because Ray's not going to be back next week. There's no way. Well, there's, a, there's a bye week next week. Correct. So but we'll to see, see James Franklin run the offense yes. now oh, is, what, is what the goal is. Franklin will dump nice. it off. He's got Wilder at the 15, and Wilder will get nine more yards out to the 24-yard line. That should be very close to the first down on and a second and five. He may have gotten it. It's really clear. He'll certainly go for it. And, Mike, that's the way you – I thought they would use James Wilder more often. Yeah. Is when you throw him on a swing pass or you throw him on a screen and you get that six foot three, 220-pound body turn, turning his shoulders and running upfield, he's deadly. We have just uh, come to the conclusion, mercifully, of the worst quarter of Argo football in quite some time. 21 nothing in the quarter, 41-1 after 45 minutes. We'll come back for the fourth quarter. You're listening to Argo Football on TSN 1050.